Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now, with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm super stoked to bring this business owner to you guys because she is a super, super smarty pants in multiple avenues. And so all of you multi-passionates are people who have interests in multiple places. This will definitely be the episode for you. And I really am excited because this is, I mean, it's 2021. More people are getting on the internet to download courses, download digital products. And so if you are a service provider, which according to my survey, 70% of you listening are, then this is going to be a great episode for you and being able to take your service and turn it into a digital product. And so with that, we have Miss Christina Scalera to talk with us all about it. So Miss Christina, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Jordan? I'm doing pretty well. Can't complain for sure. So with that, let's tell the good old listeners a little bit about you and your business. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And I'm so grateful to be here. My business is all about helping you turn your services into products, like you mentioned. So we do that with a variety of courses and coaching programs, mostly group coaching programs that help support you on that journey. Because what I specialize in is actually helping you sell digital download products through an online storefront like Squarespace or Shopify versus selling through a course. I have done the latter. I still do the latter, but I really believe that if you want that truly passive, consistent income, there needs to be a way for people to buy from you on a regular basis. And so I've created a product formula that not only allows you to do that, but allows you to do that through an online storefront so that you're not constantly having to launch and go through the launch cycle. I love that because yeah, launches can be a beast for sure. And especially Christina and I were talking earlier as she is an INTJ and I would like to say I'm an ANTJ as an ambivert um, (laughs) in the middle between introvert and extrovert, you know, launches are a lot. And so if you can avoid them as our personality type, then by golly, do it. So (laughs) with that, again, we're going to be talking about specifically with Christina, the three secrets every entrepreneur needs in order to turn services into products. And so Christina, talk with us a little bit before we get into the actual three secrets. What was your business or your client's businesses like before they implemented this? Yeah. So I started out with a service-based business. I was a lawyer Well, I still am, (laughs) but I had my law firm and that's a really intense field to provide services in. There's a lot at stake. It's very stressful. There's a lot of anxiety. And what I found was that I was providing the same thing over and over and over again to my clients, more or less. So I would start with a template, which now form the basis of my online product shop that I still have called the contract shop that I use to inform everything that I'm teaching. So I'm still doing it and I'm teaching about it. But I've since shut down the law firm, the service-based business, because it was, like I said, it was just so stressful. And if you're a service provider, you know, the, it's like this catch 22 of you work really hard to market yourself and your reward for working really hard to market yourself. Well, is a lot of work. Now you have to do the client work. So it's this like cyclical, <laughs> problem that you have. It's a good problem to have, but you're constantly trying to 
do extra work to market yourself. And then if that pays off, the reward is actually just more work. And I wanted to break that cycle. And what I did was when I noticed that I was basically using the same baseline template to create my client's stuff every time, I took that base template and I applied. I have a background in professional floral design. I'm such a fan of like stationery and calligraphy. I just was involved a lot in the wedding industry early in my career. And so I took that and I applied those niches to these templates that I had, or the one template that I had. And then I started selling that through an online storefront. So I started on Squarespace, have since moved to Shopify, but that was really the basis of my store. And in hindsight, that was the thing that allowed me to get to the next level because with my service-based business, not only was I constantly in this like catch-22 of doing more work, but I also couldn't... I got to a certain point where I literally... You might not know this. Attorneys can't charge like excessive fees for what they offer. It's actually illegal. Like you can get disbarred for that kind of stuff. So you know where people are like, charge your worth, like keep charging more. Attorneys actually can't do that. <laughs> so I got to this point where I was almost hitting that line where I, I was like, I'm going to get like in trouble for what I'm charging these days because it's I couldn't go any higher. And so creating the online storefront was what allowed me to scale to the next level. And you know, I was like, well, maybe it was just like an exceptional thing because I have this like legal background. I was an attorney, whatever. But then I started applying it to some of my friends' concepts and we were able to do the same thing with their stores. So for example, one girl that's gone through my program has... She does like SEO and basically she streamlines teams and systems and makes sure that there's not, it's kind of like a lean six Sigma, but like for the layperson, I guess. And she streamlines all that and makes sure that small businesses aren't overspending and they're not overpaying contractors for hours and that the contractors are using their hours effectively. And so you guys might know Jennifer Gray of the Nimble Co. So she started an online store after taking my course products on tap. And so that's a great example of somebody who has taken her services, which are very, very high-end expensive. Well, I shouldn't say expensive. That's not fair to her. They're well worth it, but they're definitely above the price range of most beginner entrepreneurs. And so she was able to serve a bigger audience by turning some of those templates that she's created that she uses with her clients And now you can DIY your own results using her templates that she sells in her store. We've had other example, we've had some photographers that have come through and created some really awesome stock photo relationships with just different business owners in their life. Because as business owners, we all need stock photography. And there's only like a handful of stock photography sites out there that everybody seems to gravitate towards. And so we've had some people come through our program and they've created these like one-on-one relationships with by selling the same stock photo set to maybe like three or four businesses in different areas. And so that's like their product that they're selling that's a little bit more low key because they weren't ready to start a storefront yet. So there's really unlimited possibilities. Everybody who has a service can take part of that service or all of it and turn it into some kind of product using the system. So much goodness in there. First off the whole, like you're selling your services and like your reward for like all the work of marketing is more work. Like, can we just take a moment? (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's interesting. And then (laughs) next, I didn't know that about attorneys where you couldn't have, like you have basically not a salary cap or a pricing cap, but like, you know, you guys are regulated that heavily. I knew you were regulated about a lot of things, but I didn't know that the 
like the rates and all that stuff were regulated. So that's really interesting too. We actually have a lot of people who are in regulated fields, like lawyers, like financial advisors, like people who are, again, excessively regulated by some entity (laughs) or another. Right. Um, And so that's really intriguing in a way for them, again, to recognize that there's other ways to monetize their brain (laughs) and their brilliance without all the regulation and rules. So I absolutely love that. And if you can relate to anything in there, one or all the things, then you are going to love the rest of this episode. So go ahead and walk us through each of the three secrets that you have for those of us who are interested in taking our services and really building a digital product from them. Yeah, for sure. So the first step is always to create something that fills a need. If you do not have a successful product, it's because you're not filling a need. And the reason this is so critical is because since we're selling through an online storefront, it has to be something that people not only need, but they need it today. So like with my photographer example, right? Like they, people need beautiful photos today and they're not willing to hunt around on a stock photo site or use the same ones as everybody else. So they have this relationship with a photographer in Jennifer or like my shop, our examples These are things that people need today to start tracking so that they can make more money or in my case, like book more clients with a contract template. So it's something that people need and they need it immediately. Where I see people flop a lot of times as they turn their service into a product is they create something that people kind of sort of want, but really would want more through like a sales page or a launch and it needs to be explained If you're creating a product, it should be something really straightforward. Someone understands what it is and what it's going to do for them in less than a minute of reading time on that product description page. So it's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy to create something that people need. But this is the number one reason why you will like soar or totally flop with a product shop. I made that rhyme. I didn't mean to. (laughs) (laughs) We accept rhymes here. Um... (laughs) Well, what's interesting is, you know, I'm thinking of again as a systems person, right? I'm like, oh, this is totally like everyone gets this. And then when you put it out there, people are like, first off, what is a system? And second off, like, again, how do we shut off or figure out if we're using a filter where we aren't using a filter in the sense of, again, I recognize like the language and the Uh, value of different systems. But if I am explaining it in a way that makes sense to me, it may not be, I guess, equally valued or understood from somebody who is in need of that. So I'm thinking of like Jennifer Grayab, who we both know. And like, if you don't understand really like what she does, it could be confusing or could be difficult, but because she's made it so that, you know, she has these traffic dashboards, everybody understands dashboards and everybody understands traffic. But if you look at just how Google analytics is normally described, it could get really confusing. So is there a way that if you have, you know, for our systems listeners, if you have an area of expertise that could be deemed as difficult to understand, how do you try to put a different lens on it? So you don't make it confusing, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I mean, not much is more confusing than like things when it comes to financial stuff or legal stuff. And the way that we got around that with our store is simply by talking about these concepts as free content. So I think where people go wrong, again, is they try to make the end product something that should have been free in the first place. So for example, nobody coming to my store wants to go to law school or be a lawyer. 
Probably not. I would hope not. <laughs> but that's why we don't sell like a contracts 101 course and we just sell the end result because what they're after is really that end result, something that they need again, not all of the steps and the nuances and the learning and the strategy and all that kind of stuff that goes into that. So yeah, technically I could create a course that's going to get them the same result, but it's going to take them a lot longer. They're going to have to go through it. And so if it is a difficult subject matter that you teach on, or, you know, could be difficult, especially like with systems, if they miss a step or something, or just in general, systems can be kind of intimidating to people that haven't used it yet, or, you know, they don't know what an online business manager or like a COO or any kind of operations thing, maybe they don't know what Lean Six Sigma is, right? Like those kinds of things. If they're new to it, I would always encourage somebody to start talking about those things and invite people deeper and deeper and deeper into your fold. So for example, your Instagram content isn't going to be like a breakdown of Lean Six Sigma and like operating systems and the, you know, every single little nuance about the tools and tech that you use. It's going to be just some general principle that probably feels really good given that it's Instagram and is really light and easy to consume. And that should invite somebody else to either follow you or just get a little bit deeper into the fold with you. And so then from there, you can introduce them to a little bit more of an advanced concept and a little bit more of an advanced concept until hopefully you have some kind of content system in place where you can start to invite people in with these front end little nibbles, whether that's a freebie or Instagram or whatever. And then maybe your Instagram live content takes them a little deeper, your blog content, your YouTube channel, you know, series of content that I know Instagram just introduced. Shoot. What are they called? I don't remember what they're called, but they're badges or reels or Uh, no, it's a, I just saw it. I can't remember what they're called, but they just introduced something that basically is like, you can turn your IGTVs into series. And so like, that's a great way for you to start introducing more and more and more of this. And basically we kind of want to think of it like when you, you pull the the plug on your drain, like we want to get them into the top on top of the bathwater. And then the bathwater just kind of swirls around. And then before they know it, like they're in there, like that's a bad analogy, but like they're in there with the drain with us because they've gotten so far down, you know, like into that area with us. And now they're ready to buy our product. And that doesn't mean it has to take forever. It just means that you have to pique their interest somehow, invite them to take some kind of next step that teaches them more about when they would need the products that you sell and then offer the products to them. I loved your drain analogy, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that, yeah, that's super helpful. And understanding, again, where people get caught up is, oh, you know, what's free versus what's paid. That was a really clean example of, again, if you have a an area that is trickier, more complicated from like the layman side of things than using your content to educate and bring people even closer in to be ready to then purchase. That makes so much sense. So, all right, what's your second secret? So the second need, or sorry, the second secret um, after you fill a need is to start small. So the other place I see people go wrong with products is they, and by the way, this is the exact same, you wanted a system. So this is the same system that we follow every single time we create a new product in my stores. Like we're like asking, what do they need? We're not just going to sell for the sake of selling. And then we ask, can we start small with this? Can we test the waters? Can we do a pre-sale? Can we get some traffic onto this page and see if anybody's interested, if they're clicking, if they're converting, if they're bouncing away. And by starting small, I mean, start with an under $50 product because 
if you've never sold anything online, especially if you've never sold anything through an online storefront, it can be really intimidating to just throw up like a $500 product. So our average order value is about $327 depending on the month, but somewhere around there. That's a pretty high average order value for an online store selling digital products. And we didn't start there. We started with $149 templates back in 2015. So if you can start, and I would have even started smaller, right? But like hindsight's 2020. If you can start with something a little bit smaller under the $50 price range, it's a great value. It's something that people need. Not only are you going to sell it, but it's going to make it really easy for people to share it and sell it to their friends as well. So now you're starting to have consistent sales in your shop. Basically, don't like blow this out of proportion, like just get something out there and it doesn't have to be a whole course. It can just be that tiny part of the course or a template or a worksheet or something like that, that will bring someone an immediate or near immediate result, fill that need and give them some kind of immense value for that price point. Have you been hearing all the buzz about VIP days or one day virtual intensives and want to create one for your business, but have no idea where to start? Head over to systemsamey.com slash quiz and take our new 60 second quiz to determine what kind of VIP day you should create. You'll get a detailed report with action items and exclusive structuring tips straight from the mouths of successful VIP day business owners. Ready to take back control over your schedule, your energy, and your income? A VIP day might just be the way to do it. Get started today at systemsamey.com slash quiz. One more time, that's systemsamey.com slash quiz. Have you seen a good example of somebody taking some aspect of their service and creating a product just in the sense of, again, I think a lot of my people are examples and case study folks. So I love Uh to hear kind of maybe a few different examples of, okay, you know, this type of person pulled this out and created a product out of it so we can get their idea juices flowing. Yeah, for sure. So we have one girl that went through products on tap and her store is called Seal Suite. She sold on Etsy and then she moved it onto her own site and she took the physical cards. So she sells stationery. And so she took the physical cards that were selling well and she turned those into digital products. So those are all under $10 each. So that's a really good starter product is something like that. We also have a gal who created a font and started selling it on creative market. I believe it was $11. So that was an awesome starter product for her to get her feet wet and to kind of learn the ropes. I love creative market and Etsy because they have built in searchable storefronts, which is people don't have to necessarily know about you. They'll find out about your products just by going to those storefronts and then searching for your products. Kate Eskry is, she has a foundation blog. And so she started from products on tap. Well, I don't know if it's from that, but after that course, she came out with a a texting service. So you go to her website, you sign up and you get a text every day. And they're really inspirational, motivational texts, which is just brilliant because, you know, there's lots of that stuff on Instagram, but like coming directly to you where you don't even have to open up your email or anything. And it just arrives at like a different time every day. And is this awesome service. And she actually did it donation based. So you can pick, do you want to spend $3, $5 or $6, I think a month. Anyway, there's lots of different ways that you can do this, but these are all great examples of something that serves the end result of giving someone something that they need. And from the examples, you can notice like this isn't always something that people need for business. So for example, obviously the font is but Seal Suite, her stationery is something that you could use in business. It's something that you could use to send holiday cards. It's something that you could use in daily life, whatever you want to do there. 
And then Kate's, for example, is like a mindset thing where it's coming in every day and it apply, you know, they apply to your life, whether you're a business owner or not. And so there's lots of different ways that you can do it. And I love when people get really creative. And this, again, this comes back to the first thing, which is if you are creating something that people need, you won't have to copy someone else and lean on someone else. So you effectively eliminate the competition because you're just creating something that is so authentic and pure and necessary (laughs) in a way so that other people like they can come up with things and copy you, but they're never going to understand the why and the how behind it. Like you did when you saw the need for that product. I love those examples because that wasn't even what I was expecting to hear from you in any way, shape or form, (laughs) like fonts and texting services. Like that's so dope. And I think again, it allows us to really think outside the box. So if somebody just thinks, oh, you know, Christina sells contracts. So what I have to sell is like some sort of like paper good or like guide of some sort. And it's like, oh no, there are so many different types of digital products besides like actual text. So I love those examples. Those were awesome. Actually, Uh, you just brought up a really good point really quickly. Yeah. This is one of the fatal flaws, I think, of most businesses. It doesn't matter if you're service-based or not, or you get into products. Like This is the problem I see across the board is people get so focused on the container. They're like, I want to create a guide. I want to create a template. I want to create a retreat. I want to create... These are all just containers that help someone get to a certain result. So if you focus more on the result and the need, you will have more effective you'll be better at selling. It'll be easier to sell and you'll have more effective testimonials and case studies and things like that because you didn't focus on what was best for you. Like maybe a guide's easiest for you to create, but you focus on what was best for the end customer, whether that's B2B or B2C. And then you fit the container around that result. So like maybe a retreat wasn't the best way to deliver that, but an online group coaching program was. So I just want to point that out is like, I think that can help people to be a little bit more creative too, is if they look at it almost backwards. Cause when I started my business, all I did was focus on the container and what I was Mm. creating there. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I think people do get caught up in the, they're just like, I want to create a program. And it's like, well, what does this program do? I don't know. (laughs) It's like, okay. And so I get it. And I think we've all been there. And so, you know, kind of lose the container and allow yourself to to think freely and you'll, I think, come up with not only more creative solutions, but even more valuable options as well. So what is the last and third secret? The last one is super simple. This doesn't have to be a rocket science product. Everybody is trying to reinvent the wheel and come up with something that's bigger and better than what else is out there. And at the, like, I feel kind of bad because it all just comes back to that first thing, which is keep the end result for that customer in mind. But this really is where people get hung up is they're like, well, mine isn't good enough because ABCD, right? Like they're comparing themselves to other people. So again, not focusing on the result for their customer, but focusing on what other people are doing. That's not helping. And then they're trying to come up with something revolutionary and like be the next Steve Jobs or something. It's like, guys, like you just have to teach someone how to post a caption on Instagram every day. Like it's it's important, but it's not, you (laughs) know, like it's not rocket science. So just figure out a way to do that using your unique background and stop letting your own like what ifs and 
I should be more like X, Y, Z. Stop letting that get in the way and just realize, like, let go of that and keep coming back to this like need-based creation. I mean, I say I love that after every single one of these, but I also think people put so much pressure on like their first thing of anything and meaning, (laughs) oh, this is my first service. So it has to be like the most (laughs) epic service anyone's ever had in their whole life. And it's like, what are you, what's happening? You're not right. it's, (laughs) It's not that serious. So I think allowing, I mean, we have a lot of uh, perfectionists in my audience as well, including myself. I'm recovering though. I feel like I've (laughs) done pretty well with it as of late, but I think that to, again, just think of it in its most simplest form. And honestly, I find that if you think of the most simplest, that's often like the best selling because when you try to Mm. overcomplicate and stuff products into, it's like a taco right like if you get a total like overstuffed taco then you can't even enjoy it because you take one bite and it all spills out the back and then you're like cool (laughs) said nobody so that's like my visual analogy for all of you doing that so I like that's a good reminder for people to really take to heart and recognize that you are helping people it does not have to be the most helpful product known to man for it to be helpful right I think that's a good key for sure. Is there anything that you find most people, they put their, okay, they have the idea, they've gotten over the perfectionism, they're like doing the thing, and then they put it out there. And what is like the biggest, I guess, fear or thing that potentially could stop them from actually like hitting publish? Because I find that there's a difference in like the creation. And then all of a sudden it's like already, and then like you have to push publish or submit or create or whatever that button is for it to like go out into the world. And so what is, what tends to come up during that moment and how do you encourage people in your program and in your sphere to actually let it out into the world? Yeah. I honestly still don't have a great answer to this question because it doesn't matter how much I can rationalize this for anybody or how much I can explain what I've done at the end of the day. It's a decision that you have to make for yourself and you have to decide that your future is more like the chance that you're taking on your future is worth it to you versus the present situation that you're experiencing, which is the fear and the playing smallness and everything that you're thinking about and worried about today. And I like to look at past experiences for future reference. And what I mean by that is look at what you did in the past that scared you and ask yourself what happened to you after that. You know, my guess is like, obviously there's traumatic things that happen. So I'm not talking about that, but like, if you put yourself out there in a way that's felt scary before, and maybe it wasn't something as big as hitting submit or publish or send or whatever on the sales email for your first product. But if you've done something scary before, like you came out with a website or you launched an Instagram or whatever it might be, think back to how you felt. So I'm a big believer in journaling every single day. My journal is more like a diary, but I just kind of record my thoughts and feelings. And sometimes it helps me to actually go back and look at that time of my life and see what I was scared of, because it's almost comical reading the things that I was scared of. And I can remember and see how today I'm reenacting some of those behaviors and patterns, and I'm going to make the decision to change that so that in a year or two from now, I can look back on today's journal entry and laugh at myself because it was so silly what I was scared of. So yeah, sometimes just leaning on the past to inform your future can be really helpful there. Oh yeah, totally. Just 
recognizing are you more scared of what's to come and you're comfortable with where life is or are you going to get over yourself (laughs) and allow you to have the future that you want like truly so I love that and I think a lot of people are going to resonate with that for sure Um, I probably journal on purpose so I don't have to go or don't can't go back and look at the craziness that I thought of in my life (laughs) let's just forget that but that is one thing I wanted to get better at actually in 2021 is even just like the five minute journal I'm just I'm gonna try and again get just like a good five minute you know brain dump in every day because I think it is important for sure so with that I have a little segment about tools that you love and that you could totally geek out about it could be related to um, digital products or it could be something just behind the scenes yeah obviously Shopify I'm a huge fan of Shopify I don't recommend people start there if this is your first shop start with Squarespace it's much easier to use more accessible a lot cheaper (laughs) But if you are selling things pretty consistently, it is a really big help to move to Shopify just because the apps that are available to you through that platform and the ecosystem that it's that company has really cultivated and built is incredible. There's nothing else out there like it. People are always like, should I try WooCommerce? Should I try BigCommerce? I'm like, I don't know if I can cuss on here. So I'll just say, heck no. Like, no, there's no comparison at all to Shopify's capabilities and analytics and everything. I mean, we would not have the shop that we have without it. So hands down that we're pretty boring. We use Asana and Slack to communicate everything. I am obsessed with Airtable. I use Airtable for everything. If I do any kind of coaching or program, I track my clients' results through an Airtable, usually like a form that they submit so that it populates an Airtable. And that is so helpful And then we're switching all. So we actually have to test. The only thing I don't like about Shopify is we have to test all of our front end lead magnets and funnels and things like that on a separate software, just because Shopify doesn't have a great landing page builder right now. I've tried out a lot of them and they just, they aren't the same thing as using like a lead pages or click funnels or something, but we're actually switching everything to FG funnels, which I think is just fgfunnels.com, but it's by Funnel Gorgeous and their builder is like phenomenal. It's so much better than anything else I've ever used. And so I'm really excited. We just switched both my companies over to FG funnels and that's a new tool that is brand new to the marketplace, but really, really it's met all of our needs and then some. So I'm excited about that to use, to continue to build our like freebies and test funnels. And then, you know, you guys may have seen or may not, but like when we have a funnel that works, we just customize it and put it on our website like permanently, but they don't all work, which is why you have to test them out first. And I think it's important to have a funnel builder for that reason. Yeah, I've heard good things about um, FG software and whatnot, but I basically have like one or two funnels that are already pre-built to show it (laughs) and I refuse to add any more. See, that's perfect. I think show it with like Thrive Cart or like some kind of checkout feature is it and even Shopify, you can use Shopify cart. You just need something to test the funnels out because I mean, people are like, I hate funnels. I don't have any funnels in my site, in my business. And I'm like, no, you do. (laughs) They're just not good. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That's definitely what it comes down to for sure. (laughs) And so, (laughs) so if you have loved this conversation and want absolutely all the things, Christina, and really figuring out again, what is possible for you to create a digital product from your services, then go and check out all things, Christina. So Christina, where can people find you say hello, connect with you? 
Sure. I'm Christina Scalera everywhere. I have a weird name. So just kind of halfway spell it, you'll find me. But we also have our ultimate product creation guide available on my website. So that's just christinascalera.com. That's free for you guys. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. Uh, Just DM me. I'm super active on there like everybody else. So hopefully I can connect with some of you guys and uh, have some good conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So go and say hello. Thank you so, so much, Christina, for this conversation. I know a lot of people will be intrigued and we'll be adding this to their goals in 2021 for sure. So thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.